0: Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one movie at a time. My name is Joel.
1: My name is Sarah.
0: My name is Pod Person Aaron. You're not supposed <laughs> That's, you know, you're already going against the thing. I mean, you're know, like, I'm not a pod person. Nobody said you were. Uh... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the more honest of, of the pod people, Joel. I see. You're the you're the that makes you the unreliable pod person. Yeah, like hey, you just got to do these menial tasks. Oh, can I be out there recruiting? You know, <laughs> kidnapping some more people? It's like, no. You're gonna you're the one who's gonna
2: drive around the garbage
0: truck. Yep.
2: You're gonna drive it around. You that. Oh, you're
0: right. Because oh, I see, could... you were the guy in the beginning. Okay, let's get. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the guy in the beginning when the guy took the trash out and he was like talking to the guy for a second you're like hello fellow pod person he's like
3: <laughs> listen don't
0: don't catch anyone catch you saying that again I'm I don't, <laughs> <cover.
3: that's> right. <laughs>
0: Hell, where are you going next oh that way okay well you know what just just get on your truck and drive <laughs> oh man The movie this week is Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1978, directed by Philip Kaufman and written by W.D. Richter, based on Jack Finney's novel The Body Snatchers. Starring Donald Sutherland, Brooke Adams, Jeff Goldblum, Veronica Cartwright, Leonard Nimoy, and, uh, you know, some, some other people, but that cast is so good yeah
1: it's a smooth group
0: yeah uh i'm about the cast too mm-hmm. you just get that much nerdiness in in one movie you it's it's a special moment uh yeah okay nobody like, <laughs> where's what, what, going with this
2: Anyways. oh oh no I, I know you're going with this oh uh you were uh, marveling at the number of uh starfleet officers in this movie, which is only one,
0: I'm just saying. If you were, say, on the you know uh, the mystery date show or whatever that thing used to be called, and uh, your three mystery dates were Donald Sutherland, uh, Jeff Goldblum, and Leonard C- Nimoy, contestant
2: number one, how do you feel about wearing adhesive ears? <laughs> I knew it was you, Leonard D. Boy. <laughs> Oh, take way. me disco dancing.
0: Ah.
1: The voice
3: gave it away.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I picked this movie because I I frankly, I, lo- I love it because right? we've been going through a lot of my horror classic loves recently. And I just there is this one's shot so well and deliberately and directed so in, in, in such a way that is, like, legitimately creepy that, like, I, I want to share it, and, and most people probably who are into this stuff have seen it, but I just love it. Yeah, dude, this
2: movie is a great, it's what you just said, so unnerving, so off-kilter at certain points, uh, the weird focus on certain inanimate objects, spooky. Mm-hmm. Super spooky. Unnerving. Also, a number of sweaters that I wish I owned uh, pop up in this movie a lot. And uh, that makes me love this movie even more. I see. The fashion. All about it.
1: Yeah, I like um, I liked this movie. I hadn't seen this one before. Um, I had seen the original one. Um, a long time ago with my mom. But this one, I'm surprised I didn't watch this one with her because she really loved it. But this, I feel is gross. It kind of, <laughs> kind of has that retro horror thing where you see things like germinating and growing and pulsing and kind of, you
3: see the moistness
1: yeah.
3: on things and the
0: gumminess. I mean, it is gross. It's yeah. So yeah, it's so good. It's so good. It's grossed in like a super effective. Like even the opening, like it starts off off the bat. Like, hey, this is kind of gross and creepy.
2: <laughs> All like, those crazy space microbes floating around. Yeah, Whatever
0: is going on, like bubbles and smoke and and gel gelatin, and gross things. Oh yeah. Uh you know? huh.
1: Yeah, it creeps me out because it kind of the and they did really good like photography of that stuff. In the beginning, really good uh, cinematography. Um, it feels like when you're watching that, that it's something that you aren't prepared to like fight. Like if you're thinking about something, like let's say an alien from another planet comes, you're not thinking, you don't know how you would fight uh-uh. something that comes this way.
0: That's a really good point. Yeah. And
1: I found that really creepy.
0: Yeah. Like, because actually alien, not not like a humanoid thing, like with a vehicle, like a flying vehicle that we can somehow identify. This is like, what?
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, like a UFO you can kind of give some frame of reference to. You're
2: like, oh, there's probably a being in there of some sort floating around. But when you're seeing a, a, a weird space tuber just kind of like floating towards Earth, you're like, uh-uh,
0: uh-uh. Yeah, I didn't order the tubers. Nope
1: seems like undetectable untraceable almost when they're first introduced to the planet's atmosphere it feels like what would you do like how would you fight something like that it just floated in like a cobweb <laughs> that's really scary
0: <laughs> yeah I mean they just treat it like uh, I mean nobody's making a big deal about it We the, because we were doing kind of a second watch through night that was the first time I noticed that they even had that article that was, like, about spider webs that had fallen from the sky and gotten all over the city. It's like, oh, okay, I guess if somebody casually saw that, that's what they would assume that was in all the dumpsters, that they were just picking up. But- well, the, because the thing, uh, we as humans try to
2: rationalize everything. Of course there's sp- spiderwebs falling from the sky. That's what it must be. Yeah. Based on the evidence of what I can see and understand, Yeah.
0: Yeah, not space totally. jellies.
2: Why Why would it be any sort of weird microbe thing from space, Space, you know, fairing microbe? Uh-uh.
0: I don't know. It takes one brave woman to be like, hey, this plant's weird. I mean, it's <laughs> not before, you know, it possibly takes over her husband or whatever's going on. It reminded me a lot of The Thing. Oh,
3: yeah. Because
0: that's totally a, like this is imitating us, but we don't even know what it looks like normally. So when, when we do actually see it, but the, the scope of this, thi- this alien thing is so uh, massive, like falling everywhere all at once and just.
1: It's invasive. Oh like yeah. So, and so um, it felt, it felt scary to me to think about something like that happening because it seems like we would have no way to defend ourselves against it.
2: In a way, in a way, um, coming from my point of view, it's almost kind of Lovecraftian in oh, a sense, yeah, like this yeah. cosmic horror, this thing, this thing that you and you, you cannot humanly. It's unhuman. You can't. You can't process it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I was thinking we just rewatched the beginning a little bit. And um, when I was watching the beginning again, I was thinking that it almost seems like that's the pure form of the alien, is like the thing you see again in traveling. That might be some state of their life cycle or something, or they may be some special part of a hive or something. I don't know. But there are these Mm -hmm. things that are transporting to Earth and then once they're here, they become a plant. But it I don't imagine that they would look necessarily like the plant someplace else. Maybe there's something else
3: somewhere else. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah. It, like, that was the most uh, fertile, ready thing for them to merge with or something like that. That's why they came off as, like, a pod. There's probably a good explanation or something like that. Yeah.
2: Well oh, right, because the when it when it became that gelatin state, it hit that plant, and then from there that's what it adapted to. But it'd be interesting though to see like did it adapt to anything else, you know, any other other uh
0: Yeah, if it fell in the ocean, I wonder what that looked like. Totally like weird jellyfish yeah. creature thing, maybe or? creepy. I'm already scared of the ocean. I don't need any weird monster alien jellyfish.
3: <laughs> they did this other cool
1: thing in the beginning with like this swirling Like oil and water kind of look with like smoke coming
3: off of it.
1: And I don't know if they did some like reverse action stuff, but it was, it was not familiar looking and they did a good job.
3: Yeah. And
1: then of course, like as soon as it gets onto the plants, it's really creepy there too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not. See, I would, I totally would take home a mysterious weird bulb. I was like, "Oh, this is weird. I'm going to take it home." So I, you know, I'm I'm ready to get taken You're you're one of the first pod people, is exactly. what you're telling me, Joel. I, you know, I wouldn't bring it in the house because the cats might eat it. That's the thing. Oh, there's like this whole uh, resistance. They just carry cats with them everywhere. Okay, okay. Well, cat people are okay. Yeah, Cat. Those are fine. Yeah, cat people. Cat people versus cat dads. The pod cat people. moms.
2: You're safe. You're safe from the, the pod. Cats pits.
3: would probably know.
2: They could sense if you it.
1: were a pod person or not, and they would not be down, I think they would probably be upset Mm-mm. and do spend
0: really The cats will lead the uprising. Yeah. Dogs don't notice, because, you know, our, our main friend, that pup in this movie, he doesn't know that he's surrounded by pod people, I guess as long as his master is still playing the banjo.
1: <laughs> oh, God, I forgot about
0: that. Hmm? What are you talking about? What'd you forget? They're good friends. Yeah. They're friends forever now. oh Forever and ever. Oh, I, lo- I so love that part. Like, the absurdist humor of just a, a dog with a man's face. And, like, it, like I want to know what the thought process was. So he was like, well, the, the image is so silly. I just wanted to put the banjo music over it. like, Or something like that. This is, this is what I imagine the director would be saying. But, oh, I love that. I love that little touch. And there, there's a whole bunch of absurd humor things that happen in the movie that are like, like, kind of release the tension of like how scary things are. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And there is, there are parts where there's like real life conversations. Like I was, like I noticed in um, The Exorcist that there was like a, mm-hmm. a, a sense of realism. Yeah. It wasn't totally... Out of the realm of possibility because you felt like you were in the real world with real people talking and like there's a part where he's telling her a joke and she's like, "Oh, you have told me this one before." (laughs) Like that's (laughs) which is so real world. Yeah, exactly. That's what would happen in real life. Is like sometimes partway through, somebody's like, "Oh yeah, you did tell me that before."
0: Yeah, Brooke Adams in this movie is so good being like this—the person who's like. Feels like she's losing her mind and trying to explain it to people and and not, you know, like, you. if you were in that situation, that's exactly what it'd be like. Like, I know I sound crazy. I know what I'm saying is crazy. But this is what I've been experiencing and I need help. But I don't think I'm crazy. Like, yeah, what do you do in that situation? Yeah. I mean, you oh. just eat, eat bok choy and, you know. Live your you life, I guess. To, you
1: talk to one of your male friends that you have a lot in common with.
0: Well, she has several. Like
1: to, like to hang out with.
0: Several male friends.
1: I I think that maybe this, uh maybe they were destined to be together. They were just, they were friends. And then this situation kind of made her see, like that he was the person in her life that she could turn to and rely on.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the situation is, because, like, when he jokingly says, uh, well, you could just leave him, you know, the first time she says that he's he's acting weird, Mm -hmm. she's like, he owns the house. So it's like, it's not out of the question that I might leave him.
1: Yeah, no, it does seem like, or maybe they've had conversations about him in the past where he Insinuated that he wasn't the greatest guy for her or something. I don't
0: know. Yeah. Well, we know he should be left because one of the first things we see him doing is
2: Yeah, that's not cool.
1: Snapping at her?
0: Snapping at her to get like get her
2: attention or whatever? I, I don't even know. I don't get it either. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of people who snap at you to in order to get your attention Any, to begin with. Anytime. It's uh-uh. so not cool. It feels it's demeaning. a penny. It's a pet peeve to me. Yeah. Feels like a like, I once had a coworker who'd like to do that, and yeah. it drove me up the freaking wall. <laughs>
0: Let's slap him. Uh, not cool. Very you cool. snap at me? I'm going to smack you.
1: I don't know why, but it doesn't bother me that much. I mean, I can get why it would bother people, but.
2: Um... <laughs> well, I understand that in certain situations, maybe you're on the phone with somebody, you know, I, I snap real quick, like, hey. No. But Eva, I would still say, hey, or something. <laughs>
1: Yeah I, yeah, I think talking to a person is, uh, yeah, a better way of communicating.
0: My only experience with being snapped at is when I was working and a customer was like, excuse me, like, servant thing. The very first time, I remember very clearly, was I was working at Magic Mountain and somebody went, oh boy. Oh, wow. And I gave him this look like I was going to kill him. <laughs> wow. But being a teenager, it didn't have very much effect.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: wow. So.
1: Yes, I didn't like her boyfriend either. <laughs> <laughs> I thought
0: it was okay. I mean, he didn't seem very nice when he was, you know, no longer him. Seemed rather cold and indifferent. Yes. Uh...
2: I don't know why, but I found the idea of wearing your headphones and watching TV to be the funniest thing. My grandfather used to do that. Yeah, how did they
3: do that?
1: I
2: don't know, but it made me laugh, like, every time I saw it for some reason. He had
1: cool headphones.
2: I mean, I wear my headphones and I'm, like, you know, looking at something on my phone, you know, but... Which is probably, like, the same equivalent to what he was doing in the 70s, you know? But for whatever reason, just, like, like... was it the scene where they were sneaking into the house and he was in there, yeah we're that in was the headphones. one that made me laugh the most where he was it, it's not even that funny of a, of an image, but just the idea of him just like with his headphones on like he's in the house by himself like yeah, why, 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 why what are you doing
0: dude <laughs> well, I think like that goes into like him taking on the personality and traits of the character, right? Yeah. So he's still completely dressed except he's not wearing his jacket. He's, he, he's. I think he's wearing a bow tie.
2: Oh, that's right. He was still wearing his business attire. And
0: at first you don't see what he's looking at. But later when Donald Sutherland is sneaking up the stairs, you do see. And what he's watching is like after the station has gone off and it shows the different clocks with the International Times and stuff like that. So he's not even watching something that would like have a sports thing or yeah. whatever
2: he was, whatever his interest was beforehand. Right.
0: So it's just like this kind of zombie thing. Like this is what he used to do. He used to wear his headphones and watch TV. Oh. Like I don't know if maybe the pod people don't have to sleep at all Ma- uh, because they are all up at you know whatever hours. Okay, the so it's just some form of imitation of the prior life, and still silly. Like it's silly and absurd, but it yeah. is kind of like that's weird.
2: But that's yeah, that's that's kind of the whole, yeah. You're right. The whole the whole message behind the movie is just that that unnerving feeling, just just
0: bit off. Yeah, like trying to imitate. Like I I'm trying to think of a situation like like uh, if I bought a frozen pizza and put it in the oven, but I didn't turn the oven on because I didn't know about that particular instruction.
2: Pod person Joel.
0: And then I just waited for a while and then took it out. Oh. It like it's like you didn't turn the heat on. Oh. Oh I'm sorry. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's like you're, I'm taking notes, Joel. I forgot.
1: You're imitating what it looks like to do the things that you do without really knowing the meaning behind why you're doing it.
2: Yeah. I'm adding this to my Rorschach's journal when the pod people happen, Joel, as and one you of want the first to talk about the things
0: that I'm going to do that I wouldn't normally yep. do, yep. I, I would scoop the cat boxes and never fill them with litter. I'd <gasps> just be like, eventually run out. <gasps> okay, taking notes. See, that makes me sad. I would never do that. My poor babies. Oh, your babies. They're little tushes. Oh,
2: don't worry, Joel. You're a good cat dad.
0: Oh, oh you don't have to tell me. I'm number one cat dad. You. Well,
2: yeah, it's true. Coco, go to your room. Is uh, Coco like the fresh prince of the bell air to your un- your uncle uh, Uncle your Phil? Uncle Phil? No,
0: app? she's my baby. What? <laughs> Get it out. <laughs> no. <laughs> so you guys uh, like that Leonard Nimoy guy? I heard. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's okay. Yeah. I mean, he
2: sang a song about hobbits.
0: Yeah, a great Bilbo, song. Bilbo, Baggins. Mm-hmm. I think he got as much play in real life as he does in this movie. You know. It's he seemed like he kind of was a little suave.
2: I have a feeling Leonard Nimoy in, in, in IRL was pretty suave, mm-hmm. especially during the filming of this movie. Oh yeah, this is probably the peak peak Leonard Nimoy suave moment. You know, he was
0: like, "Hey, ladies, you want to see the paw?" Ladies, oh, oh my!
1: Um, <laughs>
2: science officer uh, Spock, you can you can observe me if you want.
1: He was a a bad guy in an episode of Columbo around time, mm. and he was wearing a lot of the same, like, leisure wear that he wears in this. like Just his clothes, blazer, yeah. Blazer, um <laughs> kind of weird pants. Hey, kind of not like. actual
0: costume, just... <laughs> you can tell he's an academic. He's got patches on his elbows.
1: Right. I, I'm i about this 70s wardrobe, too. I used to get these, like, corduroy blazers and stuff from the first store when I was in high school, nice. and I still... I still like a good blazer, um, sport
3: coat. <laughs>
0: uh, I love it. See, I know, I know, yeah, I can't wear anything, like, you know, I wear my overshirts, but they're a very specific kind. I don't, I can't be a blazer person because I can't feel constricted in that way, I feel like. You used to have to wear this blazer when I was in jazz band, and like, it was too, it was big, but it was too tight on the arms. So it's like I'd have to lift my arms, and I could feel it like pinching into my armpit, oh, and that's how I know I'm not an alien. Thing. What? <laughs> uh,
1: Plus, you could do that weird thing with your eyes.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Show me that thing. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Everybody could do that. No, uh, I mean that's is I that a, that's I some actor's resume stuff. I assume. But.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I feel like they they. Uh...
2: I almost have a feeling that they were just like. Like the director was just like, can you guys just have a conversation? Move off, yeah. Oh yeah, I wonder because a lot of it felt genuine, like ad libbed kind of thing. Yeah. A lot, a lot of conversations between between those two characters seem very genuine.
0: They certainly they seemed natural. Yeah.
2: Natural, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Then, I really, yep.
1: Then there's Jeff Goldblum. Oh, that's oh, I,
0: man. I was just gonna say uh, I love Jeff Goldblum in this movie. Me mm-hmm. too, because he really thinks the whole world is already against him. <laughs> Yeah, and that got, like just his introduction, and he's like, <laughs> like, what he, do what does he say about? It? He's like, he's he's terrible, or he's mm-hmm. or something like that. <laughs>
3: okay.
0: And the lady's like, how could you say that about a man like him? Like, I'm not saying it about a man like him. I'm saying it about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's so good the reiteration. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he's put upon, and that that whole there's so many questions I have that I want to know the answer to that. I'm not going to get from the movie, but it's like, I can't help but wonder like, cause when he goes back and, and he's, he meets up with his girlfriend and he's getting ready, you know, he's, he seems like he's defeated for some reason. I mm. feel bad for him. And then yeah. he's just standing there. and He's literally just a single tear coming out of his eye. And I want to know what in particular he's so upset about. Like, I think it must be like a, a, a jealousy rage type thing like I feel like I'm so much better at writing than this asshole and I will never be as famous
2: as him I yeah. nailed it you nailed it I definitely believe that he feels that, that he his work will never be appreciated I thi- yeah. that's rough that's real rough to I have feel that envy you know I think yeah.
1: he's feeling envious and I think that he also has self doubt about his own ability so I think that it's a combination of him feeling that he can't do it and also him feeling like he tries, but that he doesn't see anything happening the way he sees things happening for- and he feels like he's being that guy's being insincere and that makes him upset too because, yeah he's kind of a funny guy, even though he's very emotional about writing
0: He's passionate and single-minded, I mean, it's like his character could have lived on and, and become uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park. You know, like, okay, I'm giving up on this writing thing. I'm just going to become a, a mathematician. You know what? Forget math. I'm going to become a chaotic cha- chaotician or whatever it is. Yeah. Just like talking about, like, whatever whatever comes into his mind magically. But, I don't know. Okay. So to go back to Leonard Nimoy, he's an asshole in this movie. Even before he becomes a pod person. <laughs>
2: Well, that's that's my question. Is is like, did we actually ever see
1: Leonard Nimoy
0: as a person? I mean, I think so because when he, you when, think so? When him and Brooke Adams are out on the street, and he's talking to her. He he's very he's passionate like okay like the things you see you know it's it's like yes i see the relationship are changing and then he does that thing to jeff goldblum where he like yells at him uh, and he goes back to him like i guess that is a kind of the
2: opposite of what a pod person does yeah yeah he's showing too much passion for things to begin with and yeah
1: if i had been there and somebody had done something like that i just think that that is not cool I think it's, like, a tr- it's something people do to try and get attention and to try and, you know, prove a point a without reaction. really thinking about the feelings of others. Absolutely. And, and I don't, I didn't, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh my god, that reminds me of people who, like, tried to prove a point by doing ridiculous things. And uh, I don't, i don't a fan of it. And obviously, like, in the movie... The character Jeff Goldblum plays is like what the hell is that all about you know like <laughs> and it's like oh he's trying to prove a point to her out there he's working he's you know doing his thing but I think it's partly directed at him too because he tries to get him to leave them behind when they're leaving the bookstore so like I think that there is an underlying like superiority that he and he's angry because they're, he's following them
0: right and nimoy's and character has shown before that like he doesn't want anyone to interrupt when he feels like he's working like when brooke adams is is trying to interrupt him talking to that other woman who's saying that her husband is not her husband he's just like will you be quiet will you you know he's being like totally like flippant like i don't want to hear what you have to say i'm fixing this woman you know i'm gonna fix her kind of thing and that i think that goes with it there too because he won't even listen to the only time he seems to actually calm down and act like a normal human is when he's talking to donald sutherland like i don't know if he feels like they're on the same level or something like that or if it's a uh yeah i'm not even sure Well,
2: the thing is it, donald sutherland's character is very is very um I, sexy I, I no. No, no. no 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 i'm just trying to think <laughs> the proper word like he feels that Leonard Nimoy's character is whatever his, his, his process is that it, that it's appropriate. Right. I, I'm trying to under, I, I don't know the word complicit just doesn't seem like the right word for it. But like Donald Southern Sutherland's character is going along with whatever yeah. Nimoy's character is doing because he feels that this is like some radical form of psychology that that's like that's like proper or or should be explored. Um, right complicit just doesn't seem like the right word though no
0: you you i mean he trusts him yeah so he obviously that's what he's thinking like my friend is a good doctor i'm gonna get her to see my friend so uh, yes
2: so even when he even when he was kind of being a super asshole our 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 heroes
0: kind of going along with it anyways right this whole listen to reason thing like before he knows what's going on like nobody's gonna believe this this crazy thing that's true I mean, that's, that's the problem with being a single man, you know, you, you're never gonna have a pod person to compare it to. Good point. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of weird things that happen in the movie that are like not actually the characters interacting things, and I, I also love that part. Like the, just the way the camera will be focusing in on something that's a little bit weird. You know, like uh, you were talking about the, the phone cord thing. Which.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Unnerving.
0: It's unnerving seeing that cord just kinda of slide in. It's like it wouldn't be. It's like a perfectly normal thing probably every day. Or like walking by a window and a person's just standing there. It's like I wouldn't notice. That happen literally happens all the time. Somebody's standing there. There probably people walk by me because oftentimes on my job I'm just standing there waiting for a computer to do a thing and in a store. And I won't look at the person who's walking by me or anything like that. It's like, oh that guy's a pod person. Well, that's
2: the thing, too, is you, the viewer, like, if you're following the narrative, you're aware of all of these things going on because you saw the space, the space microbes flying, you know, flying at the planet. So, mm-hmm. so you, you yourself as the viewer, are like, just totally aware of like, 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 like when there's people like running in the streets and like, and like, you know, our main characters aren't doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Like, you're aware that they, that that guy running the streets might be running because he knows something's ha- happened. You know and and, yeah,
1: yeah, I think that they go out of their way in the beginning to show her the main woman's boyfriend as being kind of like an affectionate like playful type of person, and then as soon as he changes into the pod person, like he shows zero emotion and he shows like zero affection towards her, and it's like you would notice. If something yeah. like that changed in, like, it, from, like, one day to the next day, that's a complete, like, change in a person's personality. Yeah. And I think that, that she knows, like, as soon as she goes to hold him that time and he doesn't do anything back and just turns his back and walks away, like, doesn't even hug her back or anything, like. I think she's like, whoa, who is this person? And he doesn't even give her an explanation. You know, he isn't like, sorry, I'm in a hurry, and I kind of don't really feel good, or whatever. You know, no explanation. He's just like,
0: if he does, he insists he's fine. Yeah, like I'm perfectly fine. Yeah, that's it. Monotone.
1: Yeah, it's weird how something like that can be um, the the nonverbal. Communication can be so um, obvious. Sometimes you don't really think about it.
0: Okay, when you live with somebody who's constantly trying to read body, you know, body uh, uh, language and, and facial expressions and you know uh, things like that. That's that's um, Sarah. Stop trying to read me right now. I see what you're doing. <laughs> I'm not a pod person. I'm I'm perfectly fine. Sarah, we can meet later. <laughs> we can talk about it. Don't worry. Okay.
1: You jump in the back of a car with a bunch yeah. of people. I,
2: just oh, saw, I saw Joel go down to they the street.
0: To and I just he need hopped to into to the back of a car answer, so. take jump out the out trash. The
1: trash again.
0: Yeah, I saw him. There's so much
2: trash.
0: <laughs> I got you this
2: flower. Oh
3: my god. I noticed.
2: I, I noticed when he fell asleep earlier when we started recording that uh, you know this this other Joel showed up.
0: So hello. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what if this was like a happy story what if like the aliens came and when you changed you were like a super happy version of yourself and like
2: i want to explore that
1: love and like everything was great
2: Invasion of the body snatchers is a romance would be really
0: interesting don't,
1: think, don't you think that'd be funny like yes. here's a flower for you i
0: feel like we could write a version of the story yeah where it's like you knew say you worked with somebody, you were you're like a single person, you worked with somebody, one day they just like fundamentally change and you're like all of a sudden you, you're both into each other and stuff yeah. like that. It's like oh yeah, and by the way, it turns out an alien took over their body. <laughs> That's good. A minute. <laughs> That's good.
1: Well I mean yeah, I don't this is I think weird. it's interesting to think about what if it wasn't the end of the world if something changed you? Like, what if it was, like, a positive thing?
0: Oh, man. What if that's like, Peel's next movie? I mean, oh... You know what th- that reminds me of? The monitors, right? Like... Oh, the, oh yeah. Like, we're changing... <laughs> we're changing things for the better. Like, mm-hmm. even though you think things are strange now... Sarah's
2: reaction? <laughs> there <laughs> will be no, no war. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, the me monitors. Me back, Larry,
2: that, that movie.
0: i yeah. <laughs> no, just... <laughs> I don't want to ride in that car with those characters. There's <laughs> plenty of driving scenes in this movie, but there was always like a conversation going on. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well the window was broken most of the time in yeah. this movie too. Yep.
0: It was like you had a broken view of the world. <gasps> Symbolism.
1: It kind of it kind of reminded me of like three women. Like, how it was, like, odd, (laughs) odd situations that were kind of eerie without really having this, like, a reason you could explain for it being eerie.
0: Shelley Duvall, totally an alien.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Um, Yeah, movies that have a suspense that's kind of done visually or with sound that's different from the way that...
0: Yeah, speaking of that, the the way they use the soundtrack, weird like sound like in the beginning, there's like a, basically like a, a jazz accompanied score going on, which is which is fine. You know, it's it's like you're watching a different movie when that's going on, but when the scary things are going, it's it's like a, a simultaneous heartbeat, like one that's slowly increasing and then slowly decreasing till the beats match, and and the other one is just staying steady, and it's like you know the otherworldly. Sound like, uh, like when you're holding something underwater and you press it against like the the surface is like that kind of sound. Like, oh that. yeah, it's so effective. I love this movie. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I like it a lot too, but it is kind of gross it and gross. it d- and it is kind of scary. Like if I was watching it by myself, I would probably be creeped out.
2: Like if there was like a scale on the gross factor. Is this like, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a
0: su- really, really, really super gross movie. Greasy Strangler. Oh. Oh, wow. Joel went there. I mean, that's the probably the grossest one we've seen for the movie or for the, yeah. for the podcast, right?
1: I find different things gross for different reasons. Mm-hmm. This one I find gross because of the idea of like a growth on something.
0: Yeah. That like creepy crawly, like little wisps of white yeah. things just reaching out very slowly and yeah. like just like the cloned body kind of things with the, oh, yeah. the stuff all over them. Yeah, like mm-hmm. that's you know, with the whole plant kingdom thing kind of freaks me out, like especially in like a zoomed in way. Yeah, because like a plant looks so different up close than it yeah. does from far away. And I've that one of the reasons I've never liked mushrooms is because like a a mushroom uh in its full form has those like flaps underneath the the head part yeah and it disgusts me for some reason like it's always grossed me out and that's like some of the the feelings i get from like the the weird pod people in this movie like there's just these flaps that seem weirdly unnatural to me like what is going on here i don't know why
1: It reminds me of things that used to creep me out when I was younger, like, you know, just basic, like, yeah, things that give you a creepy, crawly feeling, like you were saying. Like, the part in the beginning where you see the ball, like, on the back of the plant with the stuff coming through it Mm -hmm. reminds me of um, these kids I used to babysit. Oh, no. they, They had a garden, and they took me out into the garden once, and they were like, oh, this is this spider that has a nest over here and, like, showed it to me. Uh And I screamed. I felt so bad for the spider because, like, the spider could tell, like, something was wrong just from, like, I don't know, the vibration of me screaming or something. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's natural. It's part. It's part that it's natural, but it's also part that there's like something growing it just, that can it, crawl it, no, on it you. It
0: feels or unnatural. Like yeah. it looks so yeah. unhuman that yeah, you can't help but feel just like utterly weirded out by it.
2: Spider fear is a, is, is a natural human reaction because we want to pr- protect ourselves, right? Fear, yeah,
0: like yeah, you fear want to danger. It's a de- yeah defense mechanism. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that's why I'm afraid of mushrooms, because toadstools are poisonous. I'm not afraid of mushrooms, I just think they're gross looking. Don't buy me any mushrooms. How do you feel about Toad? Toad from the Mushroom Kingdom? Yeah. I used to love him, and then Sarah told me that his giant hat is not actually a hat, it's his head, and now I'm disgusted by him. But it's always been his head. You guys are disgusting. Get out of my house. Hop on my Mario Kart. You're just mad
1: that, that he might riding. have those spines on the bottom side of the cap.
0: No, I just don't want a big old bulbous mushroom head, head man. <laughs> 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 Can you imagine if so? you met somebody with like a <laughs> big old mushroom? Can't, can't, wait for the next, Hello. can't wait for the next live action
2: Mario movie.
0: Mm, it's going to be great. Big mushroom people.
1: <laughs> um...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I really hope
2: that they get We get the giant shoe with the uh, With the uh, screw in the back of it
1: I was so wrong about What I thought some of the other things Were in the Mario games Oh yeah the ducks, the ducks that You were right about the mushroom people That have the shell
0: Yeah you're like why do those ducks have shells Those are turtles <laughs> uh, I mean they could be anything It's a, it's a fantasy world it's just like turtles
1: with wings Yeah Yep and ducks with shells
0: yes and mushrooms with feet and no hands
1: how do you know they're not snails
0: because the book says
2: they're turtles okay. <laughs> i don't know i think I, I still think the scariest minion or not even minion being in a super in a super mario game is the angry sun oh, oh my from gosh Part yes my gosh that's because that's based
0: on reality. That yeah. frightened me as a kid.
3: The angry Sun. The
0: angry Sun level. Yeah, you're running through the desert that like swoops down at you, then like swoops back. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's not fun. The
3: sun don't get
0: me. It's like a boo, except the boo isn't that big. Ah or the giant fish in the fish level. That's yep. also bad. Anyways, back to this movie. Oh right. So <laughs> the part when like there's only basically the four of them left. There's Jeff Goldblum. There's Brooke Adams, uh, Donald Sutherland, and uh, Veronica Cartwright, who is also excellent in this movie. Veronica Cartwright and yep. an alien, right? Having to massage yeah. that giant fat man. Oh, the belly. Yeah, I mean he's not that fat. We he, started he looks that like belly. Me. It's fine. We started that belly for a moment, though. Oh, sure. sure. Yeah. You know that music is good for the plants. Her plants love that music. Yeah, maybe
1: that's why Jeff Goldblum's clone grew so fast.
0: Because oh, because of the music. I mean, we didn't even see a pod, so where did that thing even come from?
1: I think maybe they did show us a plant for a brief second, but I don't think we got a real clear view, like a zoom in, like, at the other woman's house.
2: Yeah, there was an insinuation that she had a lot of plants. That's why the music was playing, I assumed.
0: Yeah, the weird guy with the book was, like, gave her some plants, so Mm. who knows? It could have came from anywhere.
2: Man, I'd never seen a guy stare so intently at a book before.
0: He loved that book. (laughs) And <laughs> like, <laughs> like the absurd joke, like is this guy farting because it's all coming out of the middle section? But I guess we see the mud bubbling later, and it's not passing gas. But like, this guy, this guy's just letting it loose.
1: I feel bad saying this, but I just felt like that whole place was gross. Oh
2: yeah, oh it was Ooh. gross.
1: It just felt like I there wasn't a place to be clean in there. I- <laughs> like you could shower. But you were on all these tiles that everyone shared and, like, had come with their own shoes and their own stuff and...
0: Yeah, I feel like you're walking out of there with some sort of foot fungus no matter you what you do. They to- you a
1: little towel. You gotta try to climb out of the mud. And there- the tile is so small and there's so much grout in between all of it that it was, like, it felt like maybe you couldn't guarantee it was
3: clean in there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't even <laughs> want to know what the situation. Like, did they own that place too, or was she just like, what's? The- I don't want to know.
1: Yeah, it's I, gross. I've and I was thinking, I haven't seen that in very many movies, and I think there's the one in the Grand Budapest Hotel.
0: Oh, like a mud style yeah. bath thing. Uh, I feel like there's one in in uh, Eastern Promises.
1: In Eastern Promises, there's definitely a bathhouse, but yeah. I've never—I don't know if we had like mud. the same mud bath type thing.
0: You see Viggo Mortensen's mud, but you know, that's oh mud. my, uh, anyway. it's a
1: vulnerable space. I oh, think yeah. that's—I think that's how you feel in this too. Is like these people are like unclothed. They're yeah in the middle of a place, and you're like, ooh, there's alien things creeping around.
0: No kidding. Yeah. Nothing to protect you. Yeah. uh, So what I was going to say was those four people are like the only people that they know of that are left. And the the movie does such a good job of projecting this feeling of hopelessness. Because it's like they can't sleep. They know bad stuff will happen if they sleep. And they think even if I'm watching over a person that, you know, I don't know what's going to get And there were so many situations where somebody fell asleep and then it just started to, like, happen, you know, start to creep over. And then, like, that whole scene where Donald Sullivan falls asleep outside and the... Oh, man, that is a messed up... That's a gross part.
1: That is gross, and, Like, yeah. a whole
0: bunch of pods just start spitting out, like, half-human things. And, there
1: so many. There were so many there. At his house, that it really grossed me out, um, and how quick they grew and everything—it's kind of insane. You don't know how much time has passed since like the first beginning sequence. Yeah, it does a lot of visual storytelling without having to tell you in words. But um, I kind of really
2: like that, yeah, though.
1: Yeah, I do too. I feel like it's kind of like when you're reading a comic—you can see. Like something happening through a sequence of images.
2: Oh, it's like it's like the opposite of being spoon fed everything.
0: Yeah,
1: you know? yeah, exactly.
0: And that's great that way. Yeah. That's that's the same thing. I feel you were talking about natural conversations. And yeah, it's the way I feel the exercise handles it too. Like they're not hand holding oh. you to tell you what's going on. Yeah, like a good parallel could, there. You could just read what's going on. Uh-huh. Yeah, they have a lot in common that way. Yeah. I mean, when they get to the point where they're running constantly from these things, it's, it's like, so terrifying. Like, because they're... uh, Like, those cloned pod people become monsters in a way that (laughs) is not unimaginable. Like, I, I, I feel like I've because of uh, anxiety i feel like i've sometimes been in like a whole bunch of people and i'm like they're all gonna turn around and point at me and scream or something like that i don't want (laughs) this to happen (laughs) and this is like literally chasing them down all over the place you know relentless like police vehicles because they when they take on the personality of the person you know they naturally get all their skills and stuff like that it's like just a scary idea and when they get cornered and Jeff Goldblum is like, don't worry, I mean, I've got a plan and stuff like that. It runs off. You're like, well, he's dead. I know there's no way he's gonna like succeed in something like that. Like he, he knows he must know he's sacrificing himself. It's yeah. And I think that's after <laughs> Nimoy shows up and injects them with like sleeping medicine too or whatever.
2: Yeah, they were so hopped
0: up on the speed though. Oh, yeah.
1: I forgot about that. They took drugs together.
0: Oh yeah, they were into it. Give me some of those sweet, sweet drugs, (laughs) Aaron. Give me the drugs. Okay, here you go. Thank you. I'm your pusher, man. I'm your pusher, baby.
1: (laughs) Um, yeah, it makes them feel really isolated. Yeah, and it makes them. It makes it feel hopeless because. They don't know who they can trust, if anyone, and it starts. In the beginning, it feels kind of like, um, in a much more scary way, like Little Shop of Horrors or something. Oh, yeah. It's like a plant, and
3: mm-hmm.
1: it's, it can, yeah, it, there's like this odd kind of based in reality situation, but. And then towards the end it starts to feel more like um like we were remembering watching Soylent Green and stuff. For sure. Because he's going to where like the base is where they're where they're having like a greenhouse and stuff of where they can get more of these plants. Oh yeah.
0: And yeah. That scene is intense. Yeah. It, like he has to leave Rook Adams there and run off because she... She falls asleep, and he can't wake her up. And then he runs into there, and he just starts, like, you know, busting all those cables as much as he can. Like, the whole place is going up. And people are just like, i got to grab this pot and walk out real quick. <laughs> 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 but there was no guy that caught on fire, so uh, minus two points.
2: Yeah, I'm a little disappointed, too. That we didn't see a guy walk out on in flames or fall through a window or mm-hmm. something. Casually with a pot in his
0: arm yeah, on fire. Yeah, oh, on fire as well. Yeah. I mean, it gets those two points back because we see the, the dog with the man's face, though. Oh, man. <laughs> we standing... Uh, Whoa. That happens before that because they're standing in line pretending to be...
1: Oh, yeah, they're pretending not to have any emotion to pass. That was the, the
0: cover-blown moment, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a natural reaction.
2: Like, part of me wonders if, like, if the dog dog person was actually making the banjo noise as it was coming up. Yeah. Like, it was, it was like some... Because because uh, some strange amalgamation of all these things, all these elements—part dog, part banjo, part man—or yeah. or if it was the, or if it was the uh, the interpretation, like like the memory, yeah. like the the characters were, were were remembering the banjo music as the creature was <laughs> yeah. slowly descending upon them.
0: That's that's probably yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: spoiler for a little part of um, Annihilation if you haven't seen it, but the but there's a part in Annihilation where something that's a creature has the ability to make a sound and it sounds like a it's, person. Yeah. Like, it's like making the sound of a person begging for help or like screaming. And it's so scary.
0: It because, is legit terrifying. Yeah,
1: it is. It's terrifying. And this. This part where the weird creature is like kinda like the thing like you were saying, this weird creature comes up, but it was also kind of this weird moment of like trying to understand what what it was trying to do and that it was so wrong and so not human. Like that it didn't know that (laughs) what it was doing would be terrifying or, (laughs) you know, just (sighs) yeah.
0: I think that the original intention of the, like, the movie from the 1950s was to be a metaphor for communism. Like, your friends might be changed in a way that's almost imperceivable. That's communism taking over, you know, kind of thing. Like, everyone you know might be a communist. Keep your eyes out. Are they acting strange? Probably a communist. (gasps) So, it's like... In this movie, you can almost see that kind of going the same way. Like, all of a sudden, like, people are acting weird and they're having these secret meetings. (gasps) Secret meetings? handing off things to each other. And it's like, you know what else is crazy? This dog with a person's (laughs) 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 head. Wait, 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 what? Yeah, what I'm saying is that uh, that's absurd. (laughs) Like, it's not just going to slowly take over the world. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I just, yeah.
2: I mean, it's a nice little scare there, you know? Like... It's so unex- unexpected. I could imagine. I could imagine being in the theater at the time when that came out, and just just the number of. Yeah, like, I could only imagine.
0: Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not a jump scare. It's just there's been nothing like that in the
2: movie. I'm. I'm that's. I'm gonna be honest. The first time I saw this movie, I was kind of falling asleep. But that's just because that's my normal thing, you know. At Put the end of the movie. day. Yeah. At the end of the day, oh yeah, uh, and I was kind of falling asleep when that w- when that was occurring, and uh, but Campo was still watching the movie, and and when the dog thing showed up, Campo just screamed like <laughs> as loud <laughs> as loud as she could, <laughs> totally woke me up, and I <laughs> and, and I, I hear this banjo going off, and I see this dog face thing, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, sh-. <laughs> 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 oh, this is a crazy
0: dream, man. <laughs>
2: That was the first time that I ever saw this movie. Yeah. I, I love it, though. I love this movie. Yeah,
0: it's so. I mean, it's good. It's really good, yeah. and it's what, so well made. So there's been there's been four of these. There's the fifty six one. Okay. There's this one. There is one called uh, Body Snatchers, which came out in the eighties, which I think is is like super gross. Like I don't really know much about it. And then in the two thousands, there was the one with Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig called. Invasion. invasion and uh from what i heard that one's not very good at all but like this this is another one that's just been adapted a whole bunch of times it's like uh uh a star is born <laughs> but with aliens
3: cool
0: okay Anyway, anything else you want to say about uh, a vision of the body snatchers anybody
1: The scene where um, they were in the building that they worked in and they were hiding was really effective and scary. And it was just, they had to split up. She and Donald Sutherland were hiding like under a desk, and like Jeff Goldblum and what was her name, Karen?
0: Uh, Nancy Cartwright.
1: Nancy Cartwright.
0: Yeah. Oh, Veronica Cartwright.
1: Veronica Cartwright. Nancy Cartwright is the
0: voice on The Simpsons.
1: (laughs) Um, yeah. I, um, I found that part really scary when they separated and, and that moment of like, you know, I don't know if we're gonna make it out of this type situation. And the, the movie is super scary and at the end you don't, you don't get any sense of, a good feeling at all. Oh, Yeah. Not and it's scary too. That was probably that the one ending. thing that gave me a jump scare watching this movie. Yeah.
0: Well you you wonder if like if he's he made it, you know, because yeah. they, they kind of learned you can pretend as long as you don't stir up anything, you could be fine. And we see him not following the crowd, but yeah. It's it's such a my such favorite
2: a my favorite image in the whole movie right there. Yeah. It's so good.
1: Yeah, I was just looking up I looked up the book just to see out of curiosity if there was anything and I I probably would have to spend time like, you know, really reading about the book, but it yeah. seems it seems like pretty well made story that was only put out like a year before the original movie.
0: And oh wow, so, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. It's
1: surprising that yeah. it went on so fast and that it's had so many versions. Because there's a lot of science fiction books that never get turned into movies.
0: Absolutely. For sure.
1: And some that really should.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
0: They should make a TV series out of the 2001 book series. Whoa. Like, season one covers the first book, second book, third book, you know. Yeah. Like a four-season Let's do a petition that no one will pay attention to. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Mm Mm-hmm. That's got Denis Villeneuve after he's done with Dune. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Could just do all this stuff. Yes, and he's just my pick for everything, though. Um,
2: Neil Blunkhoff would be pretty cool too.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, well, they could do separate scenes, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, James Cameron can't touch it because he's well, oh, he's busy with Avatar aliens. He's busy being goofus. <laughs>
2: I wonder if the next Avatar movie is just going to be, like, everyone wearing VR
0: helmets. Oh, you mean us? Yep. Oh, yeah, probably.
1: That guy who did Jane Eyre in the first season of True Detective.
0: Oh, Oh. Carrie Fukunaga. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great, too, yeah. Carrie Joji. Yeah. Okay, so we got three. Number four could be... uh, uh, I don't know. M. Night shop. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh! Tie it together with twist.
0: No, thanks. We'll figure it out later. Anything else?
1: Um, Tony Shalhoub was married to the lady that is the main actress. Brooke that. Adams, yeah. yeah. Was, was
0: Were they married at the time that this movie came out? I don't know. You think you saw her in this movie? It was like, I've got to get that woman's <laughs> I number. I don't know. <laughs> She looks good as a clone and as herself
1: <laughs>
0: she could do that thing with her eyes.
1: No, I don't have anything
0: all right
2: I think uh I think I'm pretty good too uh uh you know, for those of you who haven't seen this movie yet i'm I'm sorry we spoiled the entire thing for you, but I hope you really uh I hope you watch it and enjoy it, yeah. There, there are two questions I have
0: for you, Aaron, that we, we should talk about okay. before we're done. Number is one... Like, is
2: this like some type of uh, Cylon and or Replicant uh, test we're doing no, right now? No, they're
0: just very specific, or Aaron-style questions, which I, I I think these are good updates. Okay, uh, I'm we, ready to go. You know, Sarah's mom probably has seen it, but we're not sure necessarily because... All right, prepare right, myself. Parents. All right. Oh, what's your question? Have your parents uh, talked about this
2: movie? Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I think... Uh, I told my parents I'd seen it and, and I believe my mom went oh yeah.
4: <laughs> the standard answer.
2: Oh yeah. Oh I've seen that.
0: Oh I've seen that. Oh yeah. Spooky, scary. Oh yeah. Oh your mom oh, yeah. your mom turned into the mom from Bobby's world, huh? Oh don't you know? Oh yeah. Bobby Oh Bobby. Oh your Uncle Ted.
1: I guarantee my mom has seen this movie, but I, I don't I never watched it with her.
0: I see. Yeah, it's probably something she was like, "Oh, you shouldn't Sarah watch this, would be Sarah." be
1: scared, yeah. Yeah. She would have been right. Yep. Up until recently, I had a pretty low tolerance for horror movies. Mhm.
0: Got yeah, easy into it. Like, good, oh, but Joel, she's already seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre." Like, "Yeah, yeah, that's, that's baby it's baby stuff
2: Different. Now. That's different though. Yeah. This is this is
0: kind of a different creature. Yeah, you di- know. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so question number 2. Okay. What do you think of that architecture? Pretty huh. good. Huh?
2: Which which part though? There's Well, there's, there's mar- a lot of interesting building. architecture here. Let's talk about the home. The home uh oh, yeah. in, Upstairs, which, in which there's in which are yeah. Yeah, it's a very interesting architecture there. Atrium. Uh, we can talk a little bit about the um office. I the office. Was, the office I thought was
0: pretty rad, you know. It's, it's cool like all that marble everywhere. Yeah, oh yeah. Mhm.
2: Very official. Kind of felt a little bit a bit of a twinge of uh, the first Hellboy movie, mm-hmm. like the the opening area where uh, when a, the agent kind of goes into the elevator right. portion.
0: Kind of reminded me a little bit of that. I see. Yeah, just not used to seeing like literally like Marvel. Yeah, You're like not like it's today. Off the floor. Not today.
2: Yeah, you don't see that. Mm-hmm. Don't see that anymore. Yeah. I really liked the bookstore. That uh, Nimoy had his signing at mm. Leonard Nimoy's character. He's got like a little loft area. Yeah, yeah it looks really cool. It looked pretty chill. Like yeah. I would chill there. You know, read a book. I, I, there were actually some really cool colors on the wall too, like some nice blues and stuff. I, I felt were pretty chill.
0: They had that weird piece of art in their bedroom. That's like a, of two people i guess i don't i can't really tell what it is like or if it oh yeah
2: Yeah. their bedroom yeah definitely some goals for future life for me i want an atrium in in my in my bedroom it'd be so awesome to wake up and stare at some plants every day
1: (laughs) i'm down (laughs) do that now i kind of (laughs) i kind of was creeped out by that oh
3: yeah (laughs) okay
1: um i think it could be cool but i think i think it was a little wild and Mm -hmm. open the Mm -hmm. way they had Mm -hmm. it and I think maybe you're supposed to feel that way because there's, like, a thing growing in there that can come at you, but...
0: Big enough for a body, Yeah, but, you know, I see what you're saying.
1: But I think that the only Just- reason it creeped me out was because I felt like it wasn't really enclosed. And, uh...
0: Yeah, I'm not sure.
1: Also, the actual structure of that thing, I've seen a lot of things nowadays that were built back then that way that look kind of, like, not so great anymore. (laughs) But I think I think you can have an awesome atrium in your house if you built it right.
2: (laughs) I'm also a fan of a lot of those townhouses in in the Bay Area. The outside. Totally. The outside um the trim Mm -hmm. and the windows. I really like that a lot.
1: Yeah, they're pretty. I'm a big
2: fan of that style. It's like like a Victorian kind of thing going on.
1: And they've got all those colours.
2: Down for that. I am down.
1: You can tell it's San Francisco right away with those houses and those colors and the water. Yeah. It's kind
2: of funny because whenever I watch uh, movies with this the, this amount of like 70s stuff, I always feel like I was born in the wrong era or something. Yep. Because I'm like, I want to be there. in the
0: 70s. Yeah. 1870s. 1870s. <laughs> you know, Wild West time. Post Civil War. Oh,
2: no. I don't know why, but it reminded me of... That was like a Back to the Future 3 moment for me, right? Just seeing myself, me, like, in the West or something. Mad Dog all, Cornelius. All
3: the best sweaters. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. That's why All oh, them 70's, to 70s sweaters. Oh, man, i here for it. I'm I'm here for it. it. Post, yeah. Post-Charles uh-huh. Manson, pre-disco. Uh, I'm going to start a new, yeah. start a new <laughs> Pinterest Gonna start a new Pinterest going sweaters. Yeah, seventy poured. sweaters, Pinterest, yeah. And That stuff is just I'm gonna all pin CDs. it all. Pin it. <laughs> okay, what you like really a machine gun. Do. I'm gonna load up a bunch of ammo and just pin as or many really? seventies sweaters <laughs> as I can. What you yeah. listeners really <laughs> wanna do
0: is is time travel to the early nineties and then just go to all the thrift stores because all the oh, 70s I know. Be in what there. am
2: I doing in the two thousands, guys? I don't, I don't know. know.
1: I look back on that with uh yeah, some sweet memories of the thrift stores. Oh yeah. Everything was so cheap, and everything fit, and... Oh, this sweater's 50 cents. <laughs> uh, was, I guess I'll get it. Nothing was seen as valuable yet. Yeah. <laughs> it was so nice.
0: Back then, you could get a loaf of bread for a nickel and a sweater for 50 cents.
1: You I
4: really
2: got...
0: could get a sweater for 50 cents, though, Joel. You could, you could do that now. I, got, I know a guy.
2: I had some pudding. I don't want to know that guy.
0: <laughs> He's got sweaters.
2: No. No. <laughs> This is, this is a setup, isn't it? So there's a uh, van bend in the corner. And that you're guys like, yeah, go, in, go in that van, Aaron!
0: Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> sweaters guys,
1: is the moral of the, the story. The <laughs> lesson I learned is that sweaters are
3: sweet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you guys think of a lesson you learned from Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and I will talk to the audience about outro stuff. Hey, listener, if you are interested in contacting us, please feel free to reach out to us via email at Please don't podcast at gmail.com or message us on Facebook, facebook.com slash pdsmios on Twitter at at Outer Space Pod. And uh, Instagram is like PDS-m-i-o-s podcast I think. Yeah. If you uh, want to send some dollars our way, we do have a coffee site that's at ko-fi.com slash pdsmios. Uh, for the price of $3, you can keep... Aaron caffeinated for these late night recording please, sessions. Please do. He had a delicious mocha tonight, and oh. uh, we we're gonna need some more of that sweet sweet cheddar. Yeah, to keep his uh, keep his energy up. That's right. It's Thank his you. pick next week. What? what oh, I want to know what you're picking, but don't tell oh. me right now. Don't throw me on the spot like. Oh, that. it better be good. Oh man, is it the garbage mail kids movie? <laughs>
2: You know, I've never seen that. That'd be pretty fun. Ooh, perfect. Be pretty fun.
0: Speaking of gross. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks to David DeRoy for our theme music, Jed Doughtry for our podcast logo, and to our loyal listeners, Kim Torres and Scott Pats and my uh, other co-host, uh, uh, Spencer Seams, uh, on the uh, hey, Spencer. We care Heads the Spike Lee podcast. Thank you very much for your participation in our program. We send you all of our love.
1: Thanks to everybody who listens. I I really appreciate anybody who listens to our podcast.
0: Oh, of course. Thank you for
2: using your ears to hear us talk.
0: Thank you for using your teeth to translate language into music through the means of podcasting. What? That's interesting. I am so tired. I think this is a...
2: This is the part we're going to turn to a pod person, Joel.
0: So, you guys learn any lessons from Pod Person, the movie? Uh, from Pod Person
2: One, the movie we we're watching, Part Two, I guess, because the first one's from the fifties.
0: Yes, they're quite fictional. Um, these films.
2: Uh huh. That's what they want you to think, Joel. Who are they? Aaron? Exactly. Exactly. The movie has pod versions of itself. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <gasps> oh no, you're saying that there's like <laughs> fake m- versions of movies out
0: there
3: that are taking
2: over mo- other versions of movies.
0: We eliminated oh. that plan by getting rid of VHS.
2: <gasps> All right, I got to go out and find a VHS player. I got to oh, yeah, fight like fight
0: it. against the I just saw a whole bunch of horror movies that are being released on VHS as, like, special special. It's so VHS hipster editions. and cool. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, there's no way I want those things, but I kind of want those I things. I kind of want those things. No. Uh, well, Joel,
2: Sarah, a lesson that I learned from this movie. Uh, say you're a, you, the listener, that you uh, work for the health uh, agency. Health department. Health department. Your civil servant. You're a civil servant. Uh, You're going to go do your day job thing. Uh, My advice to you and what I learned from this movie, park your car as far away, as far away as you can from where you're going to tell people that they could be arrested. Because guess what? You're going to get a wine bottle through your windshield. Yep. This is what I learned from this movie.
3: 100%. True.
2: A pod person would
0: never throw a wine balls through a window. It was
2: early enough, in the, in the, chronologically, that they were definitely not pod people.
0: Right, what I'm saying is we're better off. We should all just be pod
2: people. No, just park far away. Go for a walk.
0: Pod. Save America.
2: <laughs> I guess nowadays you could just take an Uber to to go tell someone
0: bad news. I just realized we are pod people. Is that a Caper Joel podcast people? Oh. Sarah, do you have a lesson?
3: Um I learned a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lay it on me.
3: Um
1: I think my my best lesson There's a lot you can get from this movie, but my biggest lesson is you should be suspicious if someone's taking out the trash all the time.
0: Oh, that's why I never take it out, no matter how many times you ask me. Ditto. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yes, we are joking. We are quite humorous.
2: Yes, (laughs) ha ha ha. Not a pod person at all, Joel. Why would you ask? Why would you even think that?
0: I don't know, Aaron.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What's your lesson?
0: You were born out of a pod, after all. (laughs) Why why, Why
2: am I wearing headphones and watching TV? I don't know.
0: Leave me alone. My my lesson is that uh, animal companions are great. And if I were to be turned into a pod person, I would hope that I was some sort of cat human hybrid. With the Joel face? Because with I would Joel. be eternally happy. Pascal with my face. Would you make
2: banjo noises everywhere you went? No, to? it'd be
0: like it'd be like uh, you know, ooh. No, I
2: don't. <laughs> all new metal.
0: Oh no, new metal
2: cat person.
0: I guess we're watching Queen of the Dead next. We already we that, Joel.
2: Ah, uh, not for the podcast. The unrecorded that. viewing of that movie that was just
0: that was just funsies. Oh.
1: No, you you would have like audio of like a podcast. Oh uh, yeah, it'd be like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, like it would be like a bunch of people talking like <laughs> about you- a movie or something.
0: <laughs> be the Bee Gees.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My other lesson is don't bring a strange plant into your house. Yeah,
0: it's a good rule in general. Yeah. You know, it might release some weird allergens, or there you might
1: be tons of aphids on it that you can't see. Oh,
0: secretaphid.com. How did you know about my website? I didn't until now. <laughs> you've, been,
2: you've been hitting my search history, haven't you, Joel? I knew it.
0: We'll see you next week, folks. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye.
1: Thanks. Bye.
0: Bye.